I'm Charles Payne. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Greg Jarrett, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, February 5th, 2021. I'm Trey Inks. 18 countries around the world are set to receive 1.2 million total doses of coronavirus vaccines under a new COVAX and UNICEF initiative. It acts like a buying club on behalf of all countries that are part of it. It is also coordinating with high-income countries, the U.S. as well now, and um, it really helps to roll out the vaccines in a fairer and more equitable manner. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Many developing countries and areas are relying on international aid organizations to obtain coronavirus vaccines. From the West Bank and Gaza to Rwanda to Mongolia, each region has different needs to slow the spread of COVID-19. The United Nations has stressed the importance of equality in the distribution of vaccines, ensuring that socioeconomic status does not play a role in someone's ability to get vaccinated. The initiative of COVAX got started um, in, in, in 2020, early 2020, sort of in May, it was properly announced. For more on this topic, this is UNICEF vaccine coordinator Benjamin Schreiber. And it was, we saw a gap, basically. We saw that vaccines would be developed. Initially, we would have the situation that we have now. We don't have enough doses of vaccines to go around to vaccinate everyone. So we have shortages. And what the COVAX facility really tried to avoid was that poorer countries are left behind because all their vaccines would be kind of bought up by high-income countries and they would be so far behind in, in getting access to the vaccines that um, and the rollout would be very uncoordinated. Um, so the COVAX facility was created to overcome this. It acts like a buying club on behalf of all countries that are part of it. It is also coordinating with high-income countries. Uh, many high-income countries are also part of it, the U.S. as well now. And um, it really helps to roll out the vaccines in a fairer and more equitable manner. And a lot of work has gone in behind the scenes to make sure things are ready to go. And now that Moderna, Pfizer, and soon to be a, a number of other vaccines are approved, that these can actually get in the arms of people and slow the spread of COVID-19. There was a development over this past week with 18 countries being announced as sort of the first group that would receive these COVAX vaccines. Talk to me about how that list came together. Uh, there's countries from Ukraine to Rwanda to Mongolia. It's an interesting list of countries, and I just want to sort of understand how that list came to be. Yeah, so we as UNICEF, we play two roles in, in the COVAX facility. The one, we are the main procurers of vaccines. And um, so we deal with the manufacturers and make sure that the supplies can reach on the ground. And, and so we procure and ship the vaccines to the country. The other big part that we do, we have country offices. And in all of these countries, we are working with the government and we are working very hard with all the governments to make sure that they are ready as soon as vaccines are available, that they are ready. So we assessed many countries over the recent weeks together with other experts. On, um, and we asked um, countries to indicate if they want to be part of the first, we call it the first wave of um, vaccines. 
of the first vaccine which received WHO approval, which is the Pfizer vaccine. And we allocated 1.2 million doses now to 18 countries um, based on their readiness and some other criteria that were used to really kickstart this work. What's more important, though, apart from these 18 countries, is that now we expect AstraZeneca vaccines to be approved by WHO in the coming weeks or days even, I hope. And as soon as this vaccine is approved, we're going to be able to ship many, many more millions of doses out to, um, the, to, to many more countries. Yeah, a- absolutely. And when you look at this from a broad perspective, I mean, 1.2 million vaccines is a significant start. And I imagine when the approvals come through from the World Health Organization, it will make your job as a vaccine coordinator a lot easier. When do you anticipate that every person in the world who wants a vaccine, at least that is being facilitated through COVAX and UNICEF, will be able to get one? So I think every person in the, vac- in the world, that's going to be um, quite some time before we get there. We need to prioritize. We still are in a situation where we have too few doses and number of vaccines that can go around. We need to protect frontline health workers first because otherwise our health systems collapse. And this is really the situation that we see on the ground in many of the low-income countries. And that's why UNICEF is also involved because kids and children suffer because they don't get access to their essential health services. We also see schools are closing. So um, we, we, that's also why UNICEF is engaged. What we really need to do now is to make sure that we get, get those vaccines provided to those that need the most. These are frontline health workers and at risk older populations um, that need to be protected. And this is the objective of COVAX to protect up to 20% of the population in 2021. And then we need to go further than that if we want to overcome the pandemic altogether. So there's still some time to go, but most urgent now is to get started. In the moment, 60 over 60 countries have started vaccinating their populations. Very few of them are low-income countries. We want that the vaccines are now rolled out in the coming weeks to low-income countries and we get going to have a much fairer and more equitable distribution of this. You've been listening to the UNICEF Vaccine Coordinator, Benjamin Schreiber. We'll be right back. You have quite a task in front of you coordinating this many vaccines for countries all over the world. What's the most difficult part about your job? I, I think um, I would just say it's it's tremendous to see everybody is trying or everybody's really pulling in the same direction. Every country, every the government, people are, really want to make this happen. People work differently. We work more in a much more speedy and flexible manner. Um, people want to have clarity and transparency on what's coming, how many doses. I think we're getting there and being able to provide this. Now, the things that keep me up at night is really, to date, too little investments for low-income countries to get ready. You know, a lot of funds have been spent on procuring doses and securing doses, which has been absolutely essential. We see in high, even high-income settings that the rollout is complex and that there are 
operational issues that need to be solved. So my concern is like, have we invested enough in some of these countries to make sure that they're going to have a good start for their vaccination campaigns that will start very soon? I do think these, many of these countries do their best to prepare. They have tremendous experience because they actually do many, much more nationwide vaccination campaigns than what many high-income countries do. They work on polio, they have nationwide legal campaigns, etc. So there's a lot of expertise there. But, you know, it is a complex rollout and they need all the support we can give them. And that's also why UNICEF is appealing for additional funds and resources to be made available. You note that it's difficult to get the vaccine rollout running in high-income countries. And I wanted to ask you about some of the more treacherous areas that UNICEF does work in. I mean, we've talked uh, with representatives from UNICEF a number of times about the crucial work being done in places like Syria and Yemen. And I imagine if the vaccine rollout is difficult in a high-income country, it's got to present a unique set of challenges trying to get people vaccinated in a war zone, for example, or in a country that doesn't have a government controlling the entire state. How do you approach that? No, this is, um, uh, this is very important to clarify, and we need to manage expectations. Even without a pandemic, we have issues in vaccinating children and we have so-called missed communities and um, children that don't get any vaccination at all and they tend to be concentrated in three areas very remote rural areas which are kind of hard to get to then we have them actually in easy to get to areas but they are living sort of in formal areas like urban slums and um, and you know, and, and, and there they're just often not recognized. And then we have communities that live really in conflict. And so even, so of course, if in the normal situation, we're gonna have problems of getting routine immunization services to these areas, this is gonna become even um, more difficult in, in this situation. So we need to work on this and we need to work on it very hard. On the other hand, this virus has shown that there is a lot of demand for vaccines and that um, people are willing to go through its tremendous lengths to get these vaccines. So it's important that we, um, you know, we can build on this and we can build on the on the communities that, that want, to, want to get there. So, and that's, that's a key issue also that UNICEF will be involved in, you know, making sure that the vaccines reach everyone that needs them while prioritizing some populations first as, as is done in all countries. Um, but we need to make sure that there is fair and equitable distribution. It's quite an undertaking. And I know that you and the whole team at UNICEF are working around the clock to make sure that there is equitable vaccine distribution. Benjamin Schreiber, the UNICEF vaccine coordinator, joining us today on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Benjamin, thank you for your time. Thanks a lot. 
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.